It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Hi there, friends. Welcome back to Beyond the Building. Uh, Debbie and I are just shocked that we are on the other side of Christmas, and we're so grateful that you have uh, chosen to spend this time with us uh, this week as we round out this year of 2021. We have something really special for you today as we've been looking at this idea of being left out in the month of December. We have a special guest with us today. She's not uh, unfamiliar to our listeners. Eunice Lai is with us today as we share this story about being left out. I consider it, I know Deb and myself, we both consider this kind of a, a delayed Christmas gift to all of us and also a great way to round out this year of 2021. Eunice has a story that she's going to share with us all that really fits in with this idea of being left out. She went through a significant uh, event in the past few months, and it's really shaped even some of the thoughts that she had a a while back that didn't line up with the word of God, that this uh, incident, right, she was sick, she went through this struggle, and she came out on the other side having a deeper understanding of what it means to be uh, brought in, what it means to be included. I'm excited for her to share her story. So Eunice, thank you for being here with us today. We are so excited. Oh, I'm so glad. We're so excited to have you here. And would you just start, you know, we know that you went through a struggle. What's the backstory uh, on what you've just experienced? Okay, so let's just rewind here. Well, first of all, thank you so much. I just, it's my pleasure to be on with you guys. So here's the backstory. My mom was in the hospital back in May. She suffered from a stroke and aneurysm and the situation was dire. They were gonna send her to neuro ICU. We had everyone praying for her. And I remember one of the doctors came in to discuss the DNR with me and maybe it's protocol, but I heard do not resuscitate. And I'm like, hold on, what? There will be no need to resuscitate her because she is coming out of this fully Mm. alive and well. So as I'm in ER with her, as we're waiting for her to be transferred, they can't seem to lower her blood pressure, which was over 200. And she's looking at me with glazed eyes and she's just not fully there. The two nurses, they've just inserted a catheter and uh, they leave. And it's just my mom and me. And I laid my hands on her head and with more faith than I've ever had for anything in my life, I prayed Mm. and I just commanded that bleeding in her brain to stop in the mighty name of Jesus. And I said, I know, Lord God, that you are able and I know that you are willing to heal her. And I said, you are the God who heals and you are the God who restores. You are going to bring her out of this better than she was before. I know it. I believe it. And I declare it. And so at some point, one of the doctors came in after reading the scans and basically said the brain bleed was very minimal. And suddenly there was no need for her to go into neuro ICU. She would be admitted to the main hospital for monitoring. So in a little over a week, she was monitored, transferred to inpatient rehab, and then released. And yes, she came out of it better than she was before. And my faith was supercharged, especially after witnessing my mom's miraculous turnaround. Wow. Eunice, I would say that your faith was unshakable 
just an unshakable faith at that moment. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and we've known you, we've heard you talk about your confidence in the name of God, Jehovah Rapha, the one who's our healer. And, and you knew that he was going to come through and restore your mom. But then let's go forward a little bit into your story. A few months later, you get sick, really sick. Now I'm going to ask you a question. Did you have that same kind of faith that the Lord would deliver you from your sickness as you did when you placed your hands on your mom's head? Okay. Yes and no. So I get sick with COVID and actually my whole family, my mom, my dad, my brother, myself, we all get COVID. And of course I get the worst. So I experience every symptom, every cluster of symptoms uh, associated with COVID. And I am out of commission for a solid four weeks. And, you know, I'm in relatively good health. I'm not on any meds. I hardly ever get sick. You know, I deal with occasional allergies and maybe I take an Advil like once every year, seriously. So <laughs> when I say out of commission, I am li literally bedridden. So I had a fever that hovered between 103, 104 for probably 10 days. And my pulse oximeter reading was like 84 to 85 whenever I would exert myself. And that was going to the bathroom was considered exerting myself because mm -hmm. I couldn't really do much other than lay around in bed. And so, um, you know, I was crazy. Okay. I should have gone to the ER. Don't try this at home. <laughs> my doctor, my, my friends, they were frustrated with me and just, you know, they, they were mad. They were furious with me, but in my weakened condition and in my feverish state and delirium, I honestly thought I could just sleep it off. And I was so, fatigued. I just wanted to rest. And between the acetaminophen and ibuprofen, every few hours taking supplements, drinking herbal teas, I slept and I slept and I just lost track of time. Days and nights overlapped. And I thought, I just need to let this run its course. But here I am thinking that it's been a week and friends, I mean, you guys are just like, um, yeah, Eunice, it's one week going on three weeks and mm. you are in bad shape. So, you know, to answer your question in terms of my faith, from the very beginning, I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew that God is Jehovah Rapha. He is my healer, that he would come through for me. And he healed my mom. He was going to heal me and he was going to heal all of us. Okay. But let me tell you, something happens when you are physically incapacitated and when you have this crazy high fever and you just can't see straight, you can't think straight your mind plays tricks on your, you know, your mind plays games on you. So after my experience, I journaled about it. And, you know, I wrote down my emotions and feelings, um, you know, in week one and week two included desperation, discouragement, hopelessness. And sometimes I felt totally alone, abandoned and forgotten. And this led to feeling just numb, detached. And honestly, I really checked out. And I'll tell you, Psalm 13 really just sums it up pretty well. And in Psalm 13, I'm going to read it for you. David cries out, how long, Lord, will you forget me forever? Mm. How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord, my God, give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. And so, you know, <laughs> I know that it sounds dramatic, but honestly, I was just 
physically, mentally, spiritually overcome. Listening to that list of words that you just said, uh, no one who knows you and everybody who's listening that does know you or has seen you on a video, no one would associate those words with Eunice. And so oh, gosh, I, yeah, you are even just saying this and hearing this and to say that you relate to Psalm 13, it's not the Psalm yeah. I would pick out for you. So to me, it sounds like it's a, a, pr a place where you're getting pretty depressed and there's a lot of struggle internally. So what was the turning point? You know, or when was the turning point? Was there a turning point? How did you get out of that? Okay, so the good news is there was a turning point. Okay, so I just recounted the first two weeks. Now, that turning point happened somewhere in week three. And, you know, I actually, I really hit a low. I kept hearing the voice of the enemy of our souls. Satan's voice ringing in my ears. You are going to die. You're not going to make it. You're not going to live. You are going to die. And you know what? At that point, I began to declare Psalm 118, 17 over myself. I will not die, but live and will proclaim what the Lord has done. And Amen. I just began to declare his promises of a hope and a future for me. And I began to recount his faithfulness to me throughout the years. And I revisited prophetic words that I've been given, some that had come to pass and others that are yet to come. And I praised and I worshiped, though I saw no change and no improvement to my physical condition. And you know what? Then I was brought to Psalm 13 again in those last two verses. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. And I'll tell you, finally, that fever broke at the end of week three. And my healing was progressive, but there was definitely a, a turning point, a rapid acceleration into week four. And here I am, I'm recording with you guys. We're recording a month earlier than the release of this podcast. This is seven weeks after being diagnosed with COVID. And I am pretty much 100%. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's, a, that's amazing. So it's so amazing. It really, it really is a miracle. I mean, I was just thinking about it myself and I was, you know, going to enroll in this boxing gym that I used to be mm -hmm. a part of. And, you know, you kind of need your lungs to be at 100% when you do that kind of intense cardio. <laughs> so yeah, I've come a long way. Thank that's you. That's amazing. Jesus. Amazing. When you I know, think of what you shared though, Eunice, it was such a crazy cycle, like up and down. And yet there was this, um, inner core of you that was holding fast to the promises, which I'm glad that you take, you love the word and you I embrace do. it. So you had it even in that weakened spot to pull from this, the scriptures, but I got a question for you. You're describing the physical lows, the mental lows, the spiritual lows. You mentioned that there were times where you felt alone, uh, abandoned and forgotten. Here's a question. Was this how you felt or was this your reality? So I was isolating because of COVID and, you know, to avoid contact with anyone, but I was not isolated. I mean, I struggled with those feelings, but it, it wasn't my reality. I mean, there was an entire army of God praying me back to life. And it was enough just to know that I had the love and the support of the family of God. And, you know, these prayers, they sustained me through those moments of deep despair and hopelessness when I barely had the energy and the strength to pray for myself. 
I mean, Laura, the Esther study prayer group and Debbie, the ladies Bible study intercessors, folks from my current and previous church families all the way back to when I was living in California. My family and I ended up on church prayer lists, on small group prayer lists, mm-hmm. house church prayer lists. I mean, I've had friends, I've had acquaintances, I've had people that I've only recently come to know. I've had strangers even reach out to me and tell me that they were praying for me. So, I mean, the family of God just loved on me. And, uh, you know, two verses come to mind. Romans twelve ten it says, be devoted to each other like a loving family. And 1 Corinthians 12, 26 says, if one member suffers, all suffer together. So, I mean, it's just a beautiful picture of the family of God. And, you know, when I, when I reflect on those four weeks, you know, I can think of seasons in the valley where my faith was tested. And those trials often stretched over a period of months, right? But this battle with COVID, it was compressed into four weeks. But the process is the same. It's like you yield, you know, you trust, you strengthen, encourage yourself in the Lord. You pray, you praise, you persevere, and you overcome. And you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And the thing is you're walking through you're not camped out there. You're not Amen. staying there. Amen. Okay? That's not the end of your story. Amen. So I love that. And even in the midst of it, he prepares a table for you in, Amen. The, in the presence of your enemies. So I'm telling you, I mean, it just, it's like you said, um, I had the word in me. I, I had these stories to reflect on and I was able to pull them out and just really strengthen myself and encourage myself in the Lord. But again, I had just that family of God coming together, um, really just supporting me and really praying for me when I really couldn't. So. Amen. I love, I love, love, love everything you're sharing clearly because it's all based on God's word, right? And the truth of what he's done in your story. Um, So we've heard that people are reaching out to you. People know, we all know Eunice, Right. When, when you're not yourself, people are going to start reaching out. Oh, and, you it know, was noticeable. It was it, yeah, so noticeable. It was. It just it was it was lonely. Oh. It was lonely <laughs> without Eunice. I think that's what people were saying, Debbie. Like, where's oh. Eunice? We're so lonely. We, we miss her. So, OK, let's go back to the fact that we're the family of God, like you just said, and we carry each other's burdens. What does that look like lived out? What were some of the things that you experienced? Um, you know, this is also encouraging for those of us who have other people that we know that are in some kind of a physical condition, what can we do or what was done for you that could be a blessing to others? Let me tell you, during those weeks, I mean, it was like texts, it was calls, it was groceries, meals delivered, voicemail messages left, emails of people checking in, following up, um, prayers and prayer chains. I mean, you guys put together a get well video for me. I mean, (laughs) I was just so touched. I was like laying in bed and I'd be, you know, watching and rewatching and I'd be crying. (laughs) I mean, you even called the hospitals looking for me when you didn't hear from me. (laughs) That That was pretty funny. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, well when we didn't so hear from you for days, Eunice, for days, you know Debbie what? and I'm I were like, you, what? I thought it was just one day or two. You oh. know, I tried to pay <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I love but, that. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. I love all of the practical things that people did for you, you know, and you got quite an outpouring of love. So you know, I don't know if you anticipated this kind of response, just the way you're responding to this. I'm thinking no, but how did you react or respond to all of this, uh, all of this love that was being showered on you? 
Oh my goodness. I mean, the love, the devotion, the care, the concern, the compassion, I mean, just blew me away. Really, it did. And no, I did not anticipate this outpouring of love. I mean, I have no words other than I'm just incredibly grateful. I'm humbled and I'm just overwhelmed. And it really touched my heart on a deep level. I mean, I've been a lone ranger kind of for so many years and a pretty private person, just super independent and uh, self-sufficient. And, you know, the thing that I say all the time is I'm good. I, I got this. So, um, you know, just through the years, been really comfortable with an inner circle of a select few friends. And I think there's been a fear, and that might be too strong of a word, but more of a hesitation about community within the body of Christ. And I'm sure it stems from my struggle with a sense of belonging over the years. You know, I remember the day that Laura and I, you and I were on Zoom, and we just decided to go after the different hospitals in the area. <laughs> And I, I had seen um, somebody got a hold of you, a friend of yours had gotten a hold of you. And I reached out to her and I said, look, we can't find her in any hospital. So where is Eunice? <laughs> and, and she helped, she helped get in your ear and say, you're in hot water. You better reach out. And you made a statement that you did not really, you, I guess you didn't really grasp how deeply people would miss you. Like that shocked you. Like you didn't even think to tell us and the fact that Laura and I are calling hospitals blew you away. And I think that just shows in the midst of maybe a history of being the Lone Ranger that God yes. has pulled you out of that place of of feeling maybe that you were left out at times to I mean, you really are missed when you're not there. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it it honestly I mean, it was just yeah, it was just amazing. It really did touch my heart on a deep level because I've just always had this picture of myself, you know, as a square peg in a, in a round hole. I mean, never really fitting in to a particular place or situation, you know? And then, I, I mean, you know, one day the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, you know, you belong to me. And mm -hmm. I did begin to see myself as a unique expression of his love and began to embrace the fact that, you know, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, but you know, that's the whole process. And, and so, yeah, to just have, uh, people just really look for me and be really yeah. concerned for me, especially also that I've been on the other end and I'm the one that's, you know, in the caregiver role uh -huh. for my own parents and, um, you know, for, for a lot of my other friends, you know, because they see me as the strong, independent, self-sufficient one. So this was like a total, yeah, I mean, it it's really took me off guard, but in a beautiful way, it really did. Well, we love having you back. So as we kind of transition to some final thoughts. You have shared a whole lot to really um, encourage us and spur us on to keeping our eyes open. As, as Laura said in the beginning, to look around at who might be around us, who's feeling left out or isolated. So having been through everything you shared, do you have any final thoughts that you would love to leave with our listeners? You know, if I could just say something to the one who feels left out, you are invited. I mean, there's a place for you in the body of Christ, the family of God in Acts 2, 41 to 47, just coming together in humility and transparency, accountability and engaging in prayer, studying the word, 
eating together, selling their possessions, sharing what they own. This fellowship amongst believers, it was one of covenant relationships marked by deep commitment and sacrificial love. I mean, it's about humbly serving one another and doing life together, being present in each other's lives, celebrating the joys and sharing in the sufferings of your brother and sister in Christ. I mean, there's a sacred bond that evolves from this kind of commitment to one another that's beyond friendship. So I'm speaking to the one who has been longing for deeper commitment and connection. You are invited to the one who's walking through something hard and desiring a community to share it with, but you think you are alone. You're not alone. You are invited. You are a vital part of the body of Christ, regardless of which part. You're going to have to take a risk as you step out in faith because people may let you down, but God will never let you down. You can trust him. So I just hope to exhort you to be a part of a fellowship of believers. The Lord will provide opportunities for you to serve and find your place. You belong to the family of God. You are not on the outside looking in. There is a seat at the table with your name on it, where you are loved, accepted, and celebrated. So it's time to take your place. It's time to commit and step into meaningful relationships within a local fellowship. I mean, I think, you know, we just look around, we're living in a kingdom of strife and division where the love of many will grow cold. But when the body of Christ is truly committed to loving one another well and working together as a healthy family, we will be seen as the light of the world. I mean, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. We are catalysts change within our communities and you know it's just like the song says they will know we are christians by our love and that's based on john 13 35 it says by this all people will know you are my disciples if you have love for one another so i'm just going to say it one last time you are invited there's no need to rsvp just show up Woo! amen Woo! amen sister all right, so what I can, stuff. all I can say is, Eunice, welcome back. <laughs> She's back, baby. She's yes, back. She <laughs> I love she it. I love it. You Thank are the you. Uh, queen of Ooh. encouragement on social media Absolutely. in all the different ways. And it is mm. good to have you back. But I mean, we're watching you on Zoom as we're recording this. And Laura and I are just, I feel like I should have a sign behind me for all the people to be clapping. Yes, you know? yes, yes. <laughs> good, good stuff. That's a good word. <laughs> so good, so good. Thank you. I do have a funny story. So in my feverish state, okay, I, I would like to say that I had a dream or, you know, had a vision and it was Jesus. And I, I touched the hem of his garment and I was just instantaneously, miraculously healed. But let me tell you, it was Hello Kitty that appeared in my, my dream. <laughs> I, I don't know whether it was a dream or a trance or whatever, but she kept coming back and she would just harass me about going on a hayride. I mean, I mean... <laughs> And, oh my you know, goodness. I think it had something to do with the fact that I have two closets in my room and in one closet 
you know, I have this like three foot tall Hello Kitty stuffed animal. Okay. And she's just sitting up there. And, you know, it probably had something to do with every time I opened my eyes, every time I went to the bathroom, there she was right there. And so she just kind of haunted me in my dreams. And she was just harassing me about going on a hayride. And you know what? I had a friend that called, you know, you would think that she would be like, wow, you, you know, this fever, I mean, this is really bad. I mean, you're, you're absolutely delirious. This is like dangerous. But you know what she asked? She asked me, well, how did, um, how did Hello Kitty talk to you? Because she, she doesn't have a mouth. (laughs) (laughs) That was her concern. How did she ask you, you know, if you wanted to go on a hayride? So anyway, anyway, I just, I know it's, I just think I'm I know we're wrapping up the funniest thing about that story it's a funny story but the funniest thing about that story is that you think that the fact that there was a three-foot hello kitty in your closet might have been the reason you had this dream (laughs) like of course it was the reason you had this dream (laughs) (laughs) well it's good to end up on a note of laughter and thanks for sharing that uh we are so so grateful to have had you here today Eunice it's been a joy as always we're so grateful to God for bringing you out of that season and the lessons that we've all learned through your experience we're really so grateful so to our listeners you know I know you all have received some joy out of this today so share this you know, with your friends uh, as we end this year and head into a next. Uh, we're excited to continue searching God's word for what he has to speak to each of us um, in the day we're living. God bless you. Have a great week. A happy new year. And we will see you in 2022. Take care. God bless Thank everybody. You. We believe that God will use what was shared to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more.